What is happening, everyone? Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Nick Nielsen here with Sam, the newbie, the newest addition to the very talented Fireside Yankees roster. <clears throat> very excited to have Sam as a part of the team now. And this is my first episode with Sam. So we're going to be seeing a lot more of him around, everyone. Make sure to familiarize with his handsome motherfucking face. <laughs> um, Sam, how are you doing today, my guy? Are you excited to talk about this potential star outfielder that we could snag from the Orioles today? I am, yeah. It's great to be here with you today. It's our first episode together, so I'm super pumped. And I told you pre-show that Anthony Santander is a player that I've been watching for a very long time. I live in Delaware, so I'm able to get down to Camden Yards a lot, which, you know, and there's not a lot of people who are able to watch <laughs> Orioles games just because they haven't been the greatest team over the past couple of years. But he really decided to break out last year, which was awesome to see. And for an Orioles team that, you know, we're not really sure what they're looking to do. They wanted to come into this offseason and make a ton of, you know, big splashes. But I don't think Adam Frazier and Michael Gibbons are really going to get it done for you. Um, so Anthony Santander is a player that, you know, they could end up dishing out just because we're not really sure what they're doing. And he's just another player that at that trade deadline, la trade deadline last year, remember, they, you know, they decided to tra trade away Jorge Lopez um, and a lot of their big bullpen pieces. Trey Mancini as well. The back, out of the, back out of the season. Yeah, Trey Mancini as well. And he was another name that was on the market that we could have seen dealt, but he's still on this roster. And I would not be surprised if he ended up getting dealt this offseason. And yet again, it's just another outfield option for the Yankees that we have to discuss. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, like as you've seen, the Yankees have filled out the minor leagues a lot recently. They've gotten, I believe, three outfielders signed on minor league deals in the past week alone. And one of them recently was Rafael Ortega. We had one more Defoe. That's kind of that super utility guy. And then there's one more guy that I'm like blanking on that the Yankees brought in on another minor league deal. Uh, Calhoun. Yeah, thank Calhoun you. From the thank you. Yeah. Willie Calhoun, yeah. But my problem with Willie Calhoun is that dude is so bad defensively. It's like, oh, Awful. Lord, what are we going to do with you? But remember, Willie Calhoun hit 21 home runs in like 80 games a couple years ago. So who knows? Maybe we see something in Willie. Maybe we see something in Rafael Ortega. Or maybe we see something in someone else. And that someone else should be and could be Anthony Santander. Like, look, I, the biggest gripe with Santander for me and for everyone that watches O's games and, and even O's GM, Mark Elias, said this, is that he's had injury problems in the past. You look at his 2021 season, he played 110 games. 2020, shortened season, he only played 37 games. And that was his burst breakout year. And then he followed that up with a 92 WRC plus in 2021 and then bounced back again in 2022. So let me ask you, do you think that Santander's 2022 season, in which I believe he played, what, 152 games, is what he really is going to be? Or do you think he's going to be more of that, and eh, you're going to have to give him rest days every now and then? He's clearly not an everyday outfielder. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, so it's very promising to see that he ended up playing 150 games from the 110 that he played in 2021. I believe he had like a back issue or something like that. But he really was able to put it together with the power last year. He matched 33 home runs. He's projected for 30 home runs next year. And that uh, they're projecting him to drop that OBP by nine points. And it was already at 318. So they're looking at him being like a 309 guy. But at this point, I feel like this is a player that could end up breaking out. And, you know, we could see this potential for the rest of his career at this point. Not as, you know, I'm not looking at 33 home runs every year. That's a lot yeah, for a guy. That was a lot for him. <laughs> who, you know, like like Michael Ash said, has had severe injury issues, but he was finally able to put it together last year. Uh, the defense is terrible. It's legitimately awful. And, you know, maybe it's the dimensions in left field and Camden Yards. They decided to move that back about 20 feet, which stinks. But, you know, again, that could be another factor as to why he was so bad in left. He was a lot better in right field. Um but the defense is really scary. I think he's still a player that can be able to mash. And he had a 214 ISO last year. So he really 
meshes the hell out of the ball. Yeah, like that's um, pretty good for like, especially yeah. for someone of his build. Like you look at Santander, right. and I'm never, I'm not gonna say he's not like a slugger. Like he doesn't look like a guy that's gonna hit 30 home runs every season. But you look at how he plays, and he's not one of those guys that's gonna work a lot of counts, sit there and be patient at the plate, wait for his pitch, and just barrel it up and try to put it over the, into the seats. He's one of those guys that can hit to all parts of the field, pulls the ball pretty well, switch hitter, and he's got an 89% or 88.6% zone contact percentage. Um, and what I love about that is that that's sandwiched between Jose Abreu and Kyle Tucker, who are 88.5 and 88.8. So those two guys are, uh, from like every MLB fan, even casuals, know that those two guys are some of the best at their respective positions. So if the Yankees can get someone that's like basically on their level just for that one specific statistic, who knows? Like Santander for me is one of those guys that I think is going to be a could be a really solid contributor to this team, even though he may not be like a huge player, if that makes sense. Like you get a two, two and a half F war out of Santander. Literally, you get last season's productions out, uh, production out of Santander. And I'll chalk that up as a massive W for the Yankees. Um, one question I have for you is, so we, you, you mentioned how his left field defense was atrocious at Camden. I truly think that's because, I mean, they, they ruined their ballpark by moving that mm-hmm. left field wall back 20 feet. Um, do you think he'd be able to man left field in Yankee Stadium? And if so, do you think he could do it like adequately and admirably enough to where it's like, oh, yeah, you can play four out of five games? Um, I, <laughs> That's an interesting question because, again, <laughs> you know, the numbers really just kind of skew the one way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, I mean, it's it's odd, man. We've seen some weird left field defense over the past couple of seasons, right? We saw Aaron Hicks last year and all of his blunders. And, you know, in all fairness, he wasn't terrible in left field when you no, really he was like, actually pretty down good. his numbers. Yeah, he was very good. But there was just those really bad moments and those really bad blunders that we saw out there. We've like seen the Joey left Gallo, field foul where he just dropped it. <laughs> That's my there. least favorite clip. <laughs> <laughs> like from the Yankees last year, I screamed at my TV. Like he literally just stared at the ball. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing, Hicks? It's like, fair. You touched it. What are you doing? Disgusting, Move. man. Like so bad. I think he would be decent out there in left field. But another thing that I do want to bring up with Santander, we're big on Brian Reynolds right now. That's all that's yeah. in the news right now. Everybody's talking about Brian Reynolds. Like you mentioned, Santander was a 2.5 F4 player last year. Brian Reynolds was a 2.9 F4 player last year. And with a guy like Santander, that's not going to cost a haul. That is not going to be the haul that Brian Reynolds is asking for with this Juan Soto type asking price. So at the end of the day, it probably would be way better for the Yankees to go out and get a guy like Santander who's going to be way cheaper as compared to a Brian Reynolds, who I still think is an an incredible player, but he's not Juan Soto. He's not worth that package. So it might be worth it for the Yankees to go out and get a Santander as compared to one of these high-priced outfielders like that. And he's also 28, switch-handed bat as well, three years of control. Look, Santander, the only reason I don't think he'll be as highly touted as Reynolds is because Reynolds had a 900 OPS season like a year and a half. Right. Like he is a very good outfielder. But if you want to look at their defensive work, Santander is like barely better than Reynolds, but Reynolds basically is getting all of his value and negative value, I should say, from playing center field. You could never trot uh, trot out Anthony Santander in center. That would be a travesty. But I do think Brian Reynolds, the one thing I will say is that I think he would play left field a little bit better than Santander simply because of the fact that he's got more speed, more quickness. He's a much better base runner. So that kind of translates a little bit defensively as well, but he has no arm. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, it's, it, it's a little bit of a give and take here. And you said it perfectly. What Brian Reynolds is costing and what the pirates are wanting for Brian Reynolds are like along the lines of Volpe, Dominguez, Peraza, Spencer Jones, Austin Wells. These guys have all floated in conversations, including Will Warren, one of our best per, uh, pitching prospects. So it's like, do you really want to give up that much? For a guy that, again, Reynolds is great, 
but is probably an 830 OPS with mid-defense. When you could get an 800, 770 OPS with mid-defense from Santander for like significantly less. The only downside is that it's an in-division trait. So the O's may want a little bit more tax onto that. But like I think back and people are like, oh, the O's would never trade with the Yankees. Shut the hell up. The O's traded with the Yankees in 2018. Mm -hmm. When we got Zach Britton, their most prized and best reliever since Jim Johnson over there. Like these guys know that they had to make deals. And now I feel like they're kind of in that same boat. Like you said, you can't go into an offseason saying we're going to be competitive and try to compete and put pieces together and then come out of said offseason with Michael Givens, Adam Frazier, Franchi Cordero, Ryan O'Hearn, and yeah, Kyle right. Gibson as your moves. Are you kidding me? That just shows to me like you're you're ready to move on. So why not get Santander? I mean, out of all three outfielders, other than Cedric Mullins, who I think is a very, very good baseball player, I think Santander would cost the least. Yeah, so the thing that? so the thing with the Orioles is I'm just not really sure what their direction is, and I was a big fan of what they were able to do last year and really be able to step up. Um, but with those three outfielders, man, uh, Cedric Mullins had a really bad first half last year yeah. like, compared to his standards. He was a 30-30 a guy the year before, or 2020, I'm sorry. Um, 2020 guy in 2021, Austin Hayes had a great first half and probably should have been an all-star. He was like incredible for them, but then completely fell off a cliff in the second half of last year. And it kind of flipped for Santander. He was way better in the second half than he was in the first mm -hmm. half of the season. So again, I just don't really know what this Orioles team is looking to do. I don't think they've taken the steps to be better than a team like the Toronto Blue Jays or even the Tampa Bay Rays. Who the hell knows what's going on over there in Boston? So if we're really looking at it, they're going to flip between being a fourth and fifth place team. And if they can get, you know, some sort of value out of a guy like Santander, who they could look at him and say, yeah, he hit 33 home runs last year. Let's sell high because if he's going to continue to get hurt, from, the, from an Orioles perspective, they're going to say, yeah, let's sell high. He hit 33 home runs last year. You're, you might not ever get that again from this guy, so Correct. let's trade him off now, right now. So it's an interesting thing for the Orioles, and I think that it would be a gamble for the Yankees to be able to be, be able to take because it's not going to cost that much. It's not going to cost a Brian Reynolds like we talked about before. So I think he is one of the more solid options for the Yankees to look at this offseason, and I would be really intrigued if they decided to make a move for him. Oh, no, I absolutely agree with you. And then at the same time, you look at the Orioles farm system, and they do have a good amount of players in the outfield. But you look right now, and it's like you got Nomar Mazar as a non-roster invite. Franchi Cordero as a non-roster invite. Daz Cameron, who they got for like, I, I want to say they just picked him up as well from the waivers. They did last mm -hmm. month. And then you got other guys that are younger that are like trying to crack that roster. One of my personal favorite prospects in baseball, just because I think his name is so sick, Heston Kiersed. <laughs> I think that dude's going to be a stud. And we saw in Fall League, he actually was able to kind of bounce back after a pretty disappointing campaign at single A, I believe, or maybe it was double A. But the O's have things that they're thinking about. They've got like Ryan McKenna and DJ Stewart still mm -hmm. on that team. So it's like, I don't know exactly what they're trying to do with 13 outfielders, all of which aren't really elite major league caliber guys, aside from, in my opinion, Mullins and Hayes and Santander. So it's like you guys brought in four or five other guys to fill out and to fight for one of these spots. Mm -hmm. That means you have to be thinking that you're going to move, move on from someone. I mean, yeah. They were looking and, at Correa. Remember that? Like last offseason, they're like, yeah, we're interested ex in Correa. Exactly. And, they were and now they're getting Mullins Ryan O'Hearn. Like they were also shopping Mullins. Like that was a real thing at the trade deadline last year. So like I'm just – I don't know what they're doing with that outfield because if they were going to shop no Cedric clue. Mullins, who is – Clearly their best outfielder. I, I think he had a down year last year. He wasn't as great as everybody expected him to after a great 2021. Sure. 
But I just don't know what the direction is with that franchise because Michael Eyes literally said, yeah, we're going to open the checkbooks. We're going to spend some money. And they didn't spend a dime on anybody really worth of significance. I mean, Michael Givens is back. Yeah, love Michael Givens. What a great player he that is. Dude, I, I still, the Mets, man. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Like It's like 2017, 2016 stretch mm-hmm. where it was like Givens, Brock, and Britton. Yeah. And it was just – and then Darren O'Day as well. They were sick. Like, that was the best ballpen in baseball for like yeah. two or three years. And they only got like what, like a wild card appearance yeah. out of it, maybe one mm-hmm. divisional round. But I think Santander, the reason he's so appealing to me isn't because of his defense. Certainly. No, defense isn't good. And the Yankees, as you know, are currently looking for corner outfielders that may be defense first. But his defense is just like meh enough to where I can get by with it because of the fact that last year he took steps in every positive direction. Season before, 2021, like I said, he posted a 92 WRC+, plus, which was not great. You know, that's that's clearly not what you were looking for. But then he comes back and posts a 120 WRC+, plus, hits 33 home runs with 24 doubles. The dude loves to find the gap in the outfield. And then he struck out less at 18% from 23. And he walked more at 8.5% up from 5.3 the year before. So Santander's last season looked to be everything that we'd wanted to see out of him to make sure he, like, to say, oh, yeah, this guy is a quality everyday corner outfielder because hmm. before that it was is Santander going to stay healthy what type of player is he is he that 130 WRC plus we saw in the shortened season that no one even counts or is he the guy that just posted a 90 the year after that and had back issues last year we saw that and I think Mark Elias at this point the uh, O's GM doesn't know like you said I don't even think he knows what's going on so that's why it's like if the Yankees are really still trying to look for that corner outfielder and they aren't just going to bring in these minor league guys and have them vie for the spot and see if one of them can make it as the fourth outfielder, then Santander has got to be a guy they check in on. Maybe even Austin Hayes, maybe even Cedric Mullins. Mm -hmm. Just check in with the O's, because the O's are kind of like Boston right now, where it's like, what the hell are you guys doing? What is this offseason? Boston has had one of the strangest offseasons I can remember in recent memory. Like, their rotation would have been elite five years ago, probably the best rotation we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. But now, unfortunately, in 2023... These guys are all old. They have thousands of innings on, on their arm and they're injury, like they're injury prone. Like I do not think Chris Sale touches a hundred innings this season. Mm-mm, not but at all. The Yankees are never going to make a trade with Boston. No. So you got to look at the other guys in the Rays. Like you said, honestly, you, everyone loves to have their gripes of the Yankees, not doing enough and not going all in, in the off season and not making the big signings or trades. What the hell else has the rest of the ALEs done to get better? Like, what have the Blue Jays done aside from bringing in, um, uh, who is it? Starting Chris Bassett. Bassett. Like, Bassett. What have the Blue Jays done aside from Bassett? And then they got Varsho, but they gave up Moreno and Gurriel. Like, I like Dalton Varsho. I don't think he's a five-war outfielder yet. No. Um, so, like, the, it's just, like, the, the Blue Jays are odd, the only, man. The only fit, you know? Yeah, so the Blue Jays improved their bullpen with the Tiasker move, which was, you know, when it first hit the news shelf, everybody was freaking out because it's like, oh, my God, you just traded trade Tiasker Hernandez. He absolutely matches. But yeah. they got two very solid bullpen arms, which is legit, like, exactly what they needed. So, yeah, so and then the Varsha move. Swanson's a beast. Like, they traded their, you know, their top prospect to Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who, but it's odd, man. There, you know, there's a stat out there. If you look at Varsha's, I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head what Varsha's um, 2022 F4 was, but it was higher than was both five. Uh, Hernandez and Gurriel combined. So it's uh, it's an interesting play, what the Blue Jays did. 
Um, I'm not really sure if they improved because it's interesting because they also lost Ross Stripling, who was one of their more solid pitchers last year, and he ended up going to the San Francisco Giants. The Rays, I always will just have confidence that the Rays will end up figuring it out because they always are going to end up figuring it out. And their pitching rotation next year is going to be absolutely disgusting. They're going to end up getting a full year of Tyler Glass now as well. And then with Boston, we just don't know. I have no idea. And as and even as a Yankees fan, I have a ton of, you know, friends on the internet who are Red Sox fans. And I'm I keep looking, I'm like, dude, like I feel so bad for you guys. Like I do not know what Heimblue is doing. I don't know what John Henry's doing. I just that organization has no direction. And then like, I think Devers is gone for sure. Like Devers Oh, he's gone. Is, again, he's when you when you when you have to reach arbitration with someone at that point, it's the exact mm-hmm. same thing that happened with Mookie, where Mookie, I believe, made twenty one million or twenty two million in arbitration, the most in arbitration ever. And right. they were trying to work out a contract and they couldn't. So I, I feel like I'm just getting all sorts of deja vu with the Devers situation over that again. Yeah. But the, the whole point was like, I just, I don't see any other team in the AL East doing what the Yankees are doing right now, Mm-mm. where it's like, they're making no. some moves. Sure. Again, the Oros we talked about, they've made like five or six moves. They're all just not win now, be competitive moves. So the reason I'm asking this is because it's like, if you're the Yankees, you have to take it. You have to take account into this and look at this and say, Hey, none of these teams look like they're really going all in. None of them have made really win-now moves. And some of them have also talked about moving players. Like you said, the Orioles have had discussions about Santander for like a year, year and a half now about whether or not he's got a place on the team. So I think he may not have a place on the team. And if he doesn't, he's got a place on ours. That's for damn sure. Absolutely. I would love to have Santander in the squad. What are your, what are your final thoughts on him? Um, you know, like we talked about the entire episode, man, he's essentially, he's not going to cost a lot. He's not going to be like a Brian Reynolds or, you know, somebody like that. And honestly, as a player, I would trust him even more than getting a guy like Max Kepler. That's what I was about to ask. That was the last thing I was going to say. That was, I would much rather have Santander as compared to Max Kepler, because with Max Kepler, we're like preying on this bounce back because he hasn't been the same player over the past three seasons with Santander. We just saw him put in an incredible shift. Um, and then, you know, the last thing I want to say with Santander is he's that left-handed bat. That's all we look at is that left-handed bat in Yankee Stadium with that short porch. And it's interesting, man, because he is a switch hitter. I'm curious to know how many more home runs he would have in Yankee Stadium if he played there as his home stadium with Camden Yards and that crazy-ass left field they have out there. So I think he's an incredibly intriguing option, um, and I would love to have him on this team. I think he would be sick. Yeah, and his projected salary, I think, is going to be like $6 million, $5 million next season. Yeah. So, it's, so like, it's not like it's going to be steep. Cheap. He would and be you have him until 2025. He's not a free agent until 2025. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if he's making the same as IKF and you want to tell me he's not worth it, go to hell. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, all right, man. This is a fun-ass episode. Um, so I want, to, I want to appreciate you for coming on and joining me. And we're very happy to have you as part of the fam. And also, everyone that watches, go ahead, like, subscribe, comment. Let us know your thoughts. Are we stupid for thinking Santander is the answer? Definitely not. But let us know. Um, as always, appreciate everyone there from the whole Fireside Yankees family. Peace. Later. Adios.